Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. The vision reminds us that our best days are yet to come. Go out and share this good news. Build bridges of harmony. We want to be unity agents. Surf new waves of revival sent to the church by the Holy Spirit. We want to be a spirit-filled church. Serve our neighbors in need as the hands and feet of Jesus. We want our cities to be positively changed and to be different 10 years from now than they are today because Lutheran Church of Hope is here. Not just city changers, but world changers because Jesus says go into the whole world. We want to be an intergenerational church. We want to make disciples to go from seeker to believer to follower to servant leader and around again. We want to be kingdom expanders. We want to be legacy makers. We want to love those who are broken, broke, tired, scared, sick, in prison, lost, or wandering. That's the heart of hope. Thank you, Holden. Y'all, that gives me goosebumps every time. I mean, that's the most hyped church video I've ever, ever seen in my life. And it's about you. Like, do you realize that? Like this 10 for 10 that Hope is, is envisioning and they're pumping every asset and life source and Jesus' prayer into it is about you. It's about your role in the church executing global impact over the next 10 years. And the numbers on there are ridiculous. I mean, just tonight we're talking about being a world changer. A world changer. On the side of it, in in the description, and we'll get to this a little bit, it says we want to foster one million new neighbors around the world. One million. What church talks about that number? And then welcomes you into the story. I mean, this video gets me jacked up, people. Like, this is exciting. I'm so excited. So before I just get into it, let me introduce myself, right? My name is Corey Nickel, and I'm on the Revised Speaking Team here in West Des I've been doing it for four years uh, now, and Jamie and I were reflecting back there. Can I steal this from you? Is that fair? Well, a little bit. I'll let you say the other story later. But, but essentially, I walked in four years ago, and I walked in tonight, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, Revive has changed so incredibly and beautifully, and there's a whole new group of people here than that were here four years ago. And you're beautiful people, and God has you here for a purpose, and every season changes, and every moment changes, and your life has changed since four years ago, right? This 10 for 10 is about 10 years from now. What will you be doing in 10 years? I look back just two years, and I have I'm on my third new assignment in my job. I have a kid now. I'm married now. And, well, that's in three years. Whew. Okay, so two years I'm going. And, uh, and we, like, we have a new house and, and just so many new things. That's just two years. What will 10 years do? And so in, in my life currently, I'm, I'm the high school principal at Des Moines Christian. Um, it's an incredible job. It's, it's when I think about world changers and I think about why I'm in education, 
this is why. Because the more that you pour into the younger generation, the more impact and ripples the world has afterwards. And I've fallen in love with mentoring and loving kids, struggling alongside them, being vulnerable and real with them. And uh, it's, such, it's such a beautiful story. And you're living it. And so tonight, again, we're looking at 10 for 10. Revive is rolling this out. I, was Pastor Mike here last week? I have a lot of, a lot of big shoes to fill here tonight. But here we go, right? Um, but tonight, we're really digging into this idea of world changers. And, and when, I, when I think about that, um, the, the, well, first, let's kind of get the breakdown here. So when, when you look at the description of this and you go online, you look for the 10 for 10 vision, it says this, right? As world changers, we will construct we will, we will build things. We will foster new things like new church buildings and clean water wells and provide malaria nets to all these developing countries that God can use as a holy ground to draw his kingdom more than one million new neighbors. People who are just next door or who are just across the street or who are just across the state lines, the world lines, wherever they may be, right? In order to create a church body, a gathering together, to show God's love, to be God's love. This bolded part is what we're really going to focus on tonight. Respond effectively, actively, and generously in response to global issues as the Spirit leads. That's the challenge that comes out of this as world changers for you and me. How will we do that? What is your call? What is your assignment in this, this commission? And then finally, like we'll do, we'll send the volunteers, we'll do short-term mission trips all for the sake of the gospel and letting Jesus' light shine. That's what it's all about. It's not about you. It's not about hope. It's not about anything other than Jesus and his light shining deeper into this world. And we're, we're tools for that. But, but as I look at this and I break it down, I look at that huge number and this challenge there, there's a part of me that goes, how in the world do you do that? And what's my role in that story? And so often we can get lost at the bigness of it and think, well, I'm not a player in the game. I'm not actually somebody who maybe has enough gifts or talents or time or money or personality or, or friendships or connections or I'm not enough of a believer in Jesus or I'm, I, I'm, I've been here too long and I want to be comfortable and I can just make the list of excuses go longer. See how I literally made it across stage, Right? I can do this. I have all this stuff. I can't be in that game. But we're going to dive into that now. We're going to break it down. Like, what does that mean for you and me? Because I, I used to believe that. I used to believe I have a local impact. I, I can't make anything bigger than that. I, I was a small town, rural, farm town teacher, coaching kids and just trying to figure out how to wear cowboy boots. Like I had never worn them in my life. Every kid wore them. I was like, I'll dry it. It did not feel good on my legs. It's not my thing. <laughs> Props to you if you can do it, right? It's not me. Anyway, in all that, I, like, I just thought my, my vision, my life was just this narrow little world. And I started to dream big. But I started to dream selfishly. I started to think, wow, Corey, you're talented and gifted and you have all this stuff. You can talk real good and you can get in front of people and you're super extroverted and who knows what happens. Like, oh, you can be a professional speaker and publish books and, and you, can, you can be all over the nation and the world and, and everyone will know your name and you'll be insta-famous. Wasn't even a thing back there, back then when I started thinking about it, right? But 
I had a narrow vision. And I, I actually wanted to be more of a, of a Corey famous person than a God famous person. And so in all the midst of that, pursuing this dream of being a professional speaker and writing books, I took this retreat out to North Carolina, went to this, this inner lake, sat in this, this cottage, and started reading the book called Love Does by Bob Goff. Anyone know Bob Goff? Okay, I have his number. I'll give it to you, and you can call him. No joke. He puts it in the back of his books. You just call him. Talk about love. He'll, he'll knock your socks off. It's great. Okay? But I started reading this book, and it gave me in my first time in my life, like permission to live for God. And it was so weird. But before that, I was like, I just, I, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm the list of excuses. It's just not my lane. It's not my thing. I, I want to be me focused. I'm a young adult. I, I want to meet these goals and, and get this and get this. And it's this is my life. I, I've got to work hard and do all this right now. And then I started reading Love Does and I figured out the ball game's much different than I thought. Much, much different. And so actually, I just closed the book. I finished it. I went on, uh, I think Instagram at the time, followed him and saw, oh, he's speaking in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. And I was like, what? Got in my car, like drove down to Raleigh, went to this. It was like a, man, it was like a YMCA convention. I had no ties to YMCA, but just infiltrated, was there. Bob comes up, like, and he's going over some, like, tech stuff. So imagine the booth in the back. You know, the speaker comes up, checks some things. I'm just sitting right there just, like, you know, gawking famous face. And he looks at me. He's like, hi. Right? And if you know Bob at all, if you read any of his stuff, if you get to know him, you know that he's, he's super extroverted and crazy and will do about anything for the sake of Jesus. Right? And so we get a picture together, and I leave that night going, I'm going to be a world changer in a way different way than I ever thought, okay? And so in Bob's stuff, he says this, and, and love does, and I love this. I think it's a great challenge for all of us as we get into this tonight. He says, every day God invites us on the same kind of adventure. It's not a trip where he sends us a rigid itinerary. He simply invites us. God asks what it is he's made us to love, and what it is that captures our attention and what feeds that deep, indescribable need of our souls to experience the richness of the world he made. And then, leaning over us, he whispers, let's do that together. That's world changer, hopes 10 for 10, this constructing things around the world, broken down in simple, invitational language. And he uses a construct there that you and I actually get lost in so much that we can't even get to the part where we let God whisper in our ear and say, let's do that together. So we're going to break that down tonight. We're going to look at what might it be. So again, we're looking at if I'm to respond effectively, actively, and generously in this global issues as the Spirit leads, what do I need, what do I need to know? Okay, so I'm going to, before we know how to do that, we're going to look back here and think, how do I get there? Okay? So again, if that list of excuses exists, if God has sent you an invitation and said, come on in for this adventure, what do we need to know to respond to that? To RSVP back to him and say, I'm in. Okay? So it's just this. Super easy. No one ever struggles with it. Identity. Purpose. Calling. And assignment. 
You've heard me maybe say some of those words tonight. And you've probably, if you've ever been a middle schooler, which is what I was teaching and a principal of before this year, struggled with an identity clash, right? Every middle schooler comes out of elementary just being like, I'm the best in the world. Everyone's my friend. And then by seventh grade, they're like, the world hates me. (laughs) No one's my friend. Tears, you know, guys just wrestling for women's love and, you know, just throwing rocks at them. And you never know what you're going to get in middle school. You just don't. You don't. Identity crisis, right? And then you go to high school and you kind of start to figure it out. People mature a little bit. But then you start going like, what in the world am I going to do for my life? Go to college? Ew. Right? Go work? Ew. Stay in my parents' basement? Yep. Right? And maybe some of you are still there, and that's great, right? It's, I, I, I've been back and forth to my parents and other parents' basements. So I'm just like, who will take me? But then we go, well, what's my purpose, right? And so this was, this was me. So I, I got into education, and I was like, eh, I can do more. Maybe my purpose is bigger. And I started thinking, well, if I'm supposed to have value in my life, maybe my purpose is way out there, and it's big, and I can be this famous speaker and author, and then I never really figured out calling an assignment until later, later down my road. So I'm going to break it down for you. We're going to get into it and spur you on into these things. So what is identity? Okay. It's super, super simple. It's really hard to obtain, surrender, and own it. Get the asterisk there. But it's a simple definition. Our identity has to be a child of God. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are committed to live as a Christian in your life, to love God, then our identity is one on the cross and we are children of God. And when someone asks you who you are, instead of saying, well, my name's Corey and I'm a principal at Des Moines Christian and I really love to golf and I have a wife and a child and a dog and I really don't know what else I do in my life, but those are all my things. That's how I identify in, in all my roles in my life, right? No. I challenge you to say, well, I'm, I'm a child of God and get people to ask you a different question like, well, what does that mean, right? Or, well, tell me more about that. It changes your game. But that's identity as its root. Now, again, as I talked about middle schoolers wrestling with that, high schoolers wrestling with that, young adults wrestling with that, 31-year-olds, which is me, wrestling with that, my parents who are 60 and retiring wrestling with that. We get so caught in identity that we can sometimes never make it that simple because we think there's so much more to it, but there's not. So the second list there, right, is purpose. We also get caught in purpose, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, what is my purpose in this world? Well, what, what is going to make the biggest impact? But, but no, that, that's, that's too far ahead. Actually, the only purpose as a child of God that we're supposed to live out is to know God and to make him known. To know God and make him known. That's our purpose. So if you are a child of God, your purpose in life within all that you do is to know God and make him known. It's not any more complex than that. You can read it all in the scriptures. So what's next? Now we start to get that invitation. What are you going to do as a child of God who wants to know God and make him known? Well, that's your calling. And your calling is the work that your, sorry, the work your designed gifts and talents are able to do. 
I didn't spell your wrong, I promise. I looked at it five times. It's like, it needs to be you apostrophe R-E. No. The work your designed gifts, your designed gifts and talents are able to do. So that's our calling. So, so what does that mean? Okay, well, let's go back to the Bible. Jesus called the disciples and said, come, be fishers of men. Your calling, the gifts and talents that God has equipped you with is suited for you to be my disciple and be fishers of men. So what's the call on your life? Within your gifts and your talents and your passions and the things that you're really good at, what is God calling you to do with those? That's where we start to, you know, really try and figure out, well, what am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be a financial person at Wells Fargo, principal? Am I, am I supposed to be a teacher? Am, am I, what am I supposed to do with my love for music? Am, am I supposed to be a worship leader? It, yeah, Levi says, yes, absolutely, right? It, what, what should I do with my love of computers? Like, look back there. That's a calling. They're never pointed out in a sermon. Everyone look. Look at this tech booth. They always try and hide. People are crouching down. But they're living out their calling. I can't do that stuff. I would ruin Revive, right? If, I put, if we put one of you back there, it would be over. No one would come back. That was the worst night ever, right? Just, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. You can learn how to do that in your calling, right? You, Holden will design you gifts and talents to do that stuff, all right? You're, you're right. Good plug, good plug. Okay. But you're also, you know, you're made to be adaptable, so you couldn't, can do that. And you can change. But your calling is the gifts and passions that you've been given. We're all called to do something with this designed purpose that God's given us. But within that calling, what are we supposed to doing, be doing along with it? Know God and make him known. And then finally, as I noted, there is assignment. That's very different, and it's very long, and it's very descriptive. But your assignment is what we do, where we are, as we live out our calling. So if I have these gifts and talents to be a worship leader, this is just a great example for Jacob and Levi, right? They have these fine arts, musical talents. That's their calling. Their assignments are changing. So what they're doing as a worship leader, but where they are and how they're living out that calling is changing. Levi is transitioning away from hope. Jacob is transitioning in. The assignment has changed. They're still living out their calling. They're still living out the purpose and their identity. But the assignment has changed. Secondly, the purpose, right? So assignment is the purpose which we were created for, for the sake of who we are, our identity as a child of God, and whose we are as a child of God. Identity, purpose, calling, assignment. As we load that progression into our lives, we start to figure out how to be a world changer. But did you notice, right, if we would go back, do you see how short and simple this one is? And yet how much we struggle with it? And then the next level of purpose is just a little bit longer description and how we really struggle, like, again, you had, you had Corey's goal and purpose for life versus God's purpose for Corey. So I started struggling with my purpose. But then did you see how calling is an even longer description? And we get lost in that a lot. Like, well, what is my calling? Well, what should I do with these gifts and talents? Where do I, where do, I do that? 
And then that's the assignment question. Well, again, let's go to, if you're in finance, well, do I do that at Wells Fargo as an assignment or at principal as an assignment or as a theme or who knows, some startup? You get, you get what I'm saying? Like it gets so complex and so big that we actually don't do anything with it. And that's what prohibits us from being world changers. It's what prohibits us for listening to that whisper in our ear saying, let's do that together. Let's go on that adventure together. And we don't quite follow through with what we heard because we're just a little bit too lost in the process and thus too scared to go on. And maybe it's a list of excuses. Maybe it's just our anxiousness. Maybe it's our, our lack of trust in God. I don't know. But again, to respond effectively, actively, and generously to global issues and let the Spirit lead. How will you do that? Because you are beautifully designed. I told you earlier, you're beautiful people. God thought about you before the world began and he said, I know exactly what their name's gonna be. And I know exactly how I'm gonna use them in this world. I just hope that they'll come along for the ride. I hope that they get on the train that I have for their life. And you know what? When you don't, he says, I'll pick you up at the next station. I'll meet you there. I'll find you. And he never lets up. And we get lost in our identity and we get lost in our purpose and our calling and our assignment. And some assignments don't work out. But we can have multiple assignments. We can have multiple callings. But we only have one purpose. And we only have one identity. And when we can't get those right... It seems to be that our calling and our assignments are a little bit uneasy. Maybe things aren't clicking. Maybe my spirit doesn't feel right where I'm at or with what I'm doing. Maybe it's a little harder than I thought it would be. Maybe it's conflictive. Maybe I feel, again, unsettled, uneasy. So that's what hope is calling you to, to be a world changer. They're saying there's more than just what we do from eight to four, or nine to five. There's a world out there that needs your help. So going back to these verses that we had, starting in Luke chapter 10, verse two, it says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask to send more workers into his fields. So that's the, that's the whole complex thing that I just explain to you, the, the workers are few. There's not enough people out there saying, yes, I'm going to use my talents and gifts, my calling on assignment for God in a way that's way different than I ever thought I would. And maybe that's a mission trip. And maybe that's a fundraiser that gives uh, an, the ability to, to dig wells in a foreign country. Maybe that's volunteering at VBS. Maybe that's coffee with a co-worker who you know isn't a believer and you just, you just want to get to know him better. Maybe that's uh, resolving conflict with a family member that's gone on too long. But we've got to listen to that whisper. and We've got to take up the call because as our purpose being to know God and to make him known, we have a lot to do. The next verse, Acts 20 says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work, here's that word, assigned me 
by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Right, this reminds me of my favorite verse in Philippians um, 1 verse 21 that says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live on this world, then it better be for the purpose of knowing God and make him known. And if I am to die, then it's just the gain of the glory of heaven. Anything else while I'm here is for Christ. That's how passionate, right, the Apostle Paul was. And that's the, we can, we can shoot to be like him, but let's more so look at Jesus in his life and say, I want to be like that. But you have to know, beyond all other assignments and callings in our life, this is the one that matters the most. But little do we give time, energy, and focus to it beyond I go to church, I go to revive, I am a Christian, I read my Bible, and I pray. But there's a story in the gospel that says, let's do stuff. Let's do more than that. Right? Acts 1 verse 8. Like, let's go out to the ends of the world and tell everyone about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what hope is talking about when they say, world changers. That your assignment that you would take up at all times would be the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And finally, in Romans, they read tonight, right? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him, this world of unbelievers or other people, if they have never heard about him, right? Well, let's get more people out there. Let's make more fishers. And, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Unless it's you, the world changer, the one taking up this new idea, this new tingling, this new spirit lead, right? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, here's the invitation. Here's hope saying, I'll send you. Let's go. Let's do this, right? And they go on. That, that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. It's right there. God's been whispering Hope's been like, you know, fostering and stoking the flame. And maybe you've, you've had inklings and, and nudges before of like, ah, it's time to, to maybe look at a new assignment or, to, or change this. So what's your calling? What are you really good at? What are your passions and your talents and your gifts? And what's your assignment in this season? Are there assignments you need to kind of get rid of? And drop? Are there new assignments we need, we need to put on? We've really got to think about that. So I wanted to break this down for you, like what this looks like for me. Just, just so you kind of understand the, the mindset here, right? So for Corey, very simple. Remember, one identity, one purpose. I'm a child of God. I'm here to love God and make him known. Now my calling, what are my, my talents and my gifts? I didn't put, you know, my, you know, my coding that I'm really good at, you know, my, my black belt and stuff on there, don't worry. I'm not good at either of those. But here, here's, here's what I know about myself, right? I'm creative, I'm extroverted, I'm a leader, I'm motivated, strong-willed, I'm a problem solver, solver. I have endurance with working, like I can just work for hours. It's, it's, it's not always a good thing. I'm compassionate and I'm a communicator. So if those are my gifts and talents, then what do I do with them? What should be my assignment out of that? Well, first and foremost, at my home assignment, right, I need to be a great husband and an awesome father. I also need to be a great son and a brother, a friend, and the list goes on. 
Do you know how much time and energy and effort that takes just right there? It's a lot. My little baby girl, she's 13 months. She has a fever right now. So I was like just trying to hold her, getting her to bed before I, became, before I came, and it just it blew up and it was a mess. And so my lovely wife skipped her thing tonight to stay home with her so I could be here. And I love being with you all, but I'm also like, ah, I could be at home and my wife could go be doing her thing, which she scheduled first and I scheduled second, but I'm still here. I need to bring home ice cream or something, you know? Like. <laughs> but it's a big assignment. It's a lot. It's a lot. So after that, right, my next biggest priority assignment in my life is being a principal, right? That's, that's a really big thing. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I'm just like, uh-huh, yes, we can do that. <laughs> Who knows? We'll figure it out. And the director of spiritual life on top of that, I'm on the leadership team of Des Moines Christian on top of that. I mentor numerous other um, principal candidates around the state and, and teachers within our school. And is anyone a teacher in here? What? Yes, there you are. There you are. Winner set. Yeah. Let's go. Huskies. Yeah. Anyway, right? Teachers, the, the number one person that they want to talk to, number two, after, outside their team, is the principal. Like, I'm assigned to everybody. I have over, you know, 35 people that report to me, are assigned to me. It's a big, it's a big thing. And you have that in your life. Right? You have your assignment, your job, your thing. My next, my next assignment is speaking, right? Like I, I'm on stage here at Revive. I'm, I speak, speak at conferences. I do different things. Then Heartster Ministries, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. I started a nonprofit organization that does kind of like the world-changing thing. It's super fun. That came out of Bob Goff's book when I was like, oh, I just, I, I'm, I'm just this farm town teacher or I, I, I can't do this big speaking thing. It's like, no, let's go love people, right? And I, I started this and then I'm into mentorship. I have guys over to my house and we, you know, we sit down, we share life and I, I challenge them and we, we work together to become better men of God for our purpose and our identity. And that's not it. Like I could have gone longer, but I ran out of room. So we have multiple callings and multiple assignments and they shift and they change. Four years ago, I wasn't a speaker at Revive. Now, I'm a speaker at Revive. Assignment changed. Fifth, 16, 16 days ago, I wasn't a head principal. Now I am, right? Like, assignments change. Seasons change. They all change. So, that's kind of what it looks like on paper. So start putting that together in your head. Do you have identity down? If not, don't go farther. Work on it. Do you, have, do you have your purpose down? Again, if not, don't look farther. Don't try and make up the lack of a foundation of an identity and purpose by doing a bunch of other things that you think are what you're supposed to be doing. That's what I did, and it just crumbled and fell into my life, and I ran into depression at age 25, and it was a mess. It was a mess. Do you know your calling? Are you in the right assignments? Again, this, it's some of the most important assignments of your life. Right? Just three years ago, I got married to my wife. 
Now this beautiful child. Isn't she cute? Yeah. She's so cute. That's changed my life. I'm a dog dad. That's an assignment. Yeah, what's up? Her name's Kira. Yeah, thanks for asking. But these assignments matter most, right? And then, and then there's Heartster Ministries. I just wanted to tell you about this a little bit. Um, Heartster has, has changed a lot over the last five years that I've had it established. I, I originally set it up to be um, a nonprofit that, that spurs millennials, right, into doing missions around the world for the sake of loving God and making his name known. And uh, I, I would, my big location for that was Tanzania. So I'd bring people to Tanzania. And, and as we went, we did all these beautiful trips. My love for education really bubbled. And I figured out there was this disconnect of like, there's so much to learn from educators around the world. And so we started partnering with other schools. And we would bring, I'd bring teachers or college kids who are training to be teachers over to Africa and we would sit down, that's the top right corner, and, and we would just watch them teach. It's like a professional development session in Africa and we learn from them and we'd sit down with them and ask, well, how do you do that and why do you do that? And they'd ask us, well, like, well, what can you do and how can I do this better? And it was like the most humble connection we could ever make with one another of just learning each other's crafts and working together. You know how we got there? I figured out my purpose wasn't all about Corey and that it was to know God and make him known. And then we worked our way into my calling of like, I'm a great leader and I love to travel. I've been to 25 countries and I can, I can get people from Des Moines to Tanzania safely and back, right? I can do that. I can do that. And then I can, I can foster an experience that benefits Tanzania and benefits people back home who are teachers, that who then get stories that they will never forget and they'll keep on telling all the kids that they, they have in class and it'll make them a better teacher and a better person and then their identity and their purpose and their calling and their assignment will roll out beautifully in life. That's why I did it. But before we got there, I actually did this thing in the right-hand corner called, um, well, I called it how to, how to Turn a Stranger into a Friend in Five Minutes. I told you I was extroverted. I didn't tell you it was weird. But <laughs> what I did is I went, I went through Scandinavia. I went, I went to four different countries. I met random people. And I said, hey, tell me, what's, what's made you? How are you who you are today? T tell me, what made you? And they'd give me the highlights of their life and all the good stuff. It's just crazy how strangers open up. And then, and then I would turn the question. I would say, well, what broke you? What was the hardest thing? And they would just pour it out. And then I would pour out my heart and sometimes I cried with them. And sometimes we like had this beautiful connection of, wow, we actually live the same story globally different, different places. And I would take pictures with them and we would take a picture and the word on the top would be what they felt before they got out and they traveled the world. And so Andrew, who went to Baylor University, who was on top of the pulpit rock in Norway in the fjords, said he had peer pressure from his family. And he said when he got out and he traveled and he did his own thing and he followed his calling and he found his purpose, there was freedom. And on the bottom left, uh, I did this, <laughs> don't do this at home, disclaimer, 
disclaimer. I don't even know if you're allowed to do this anymore. Is Craigslist, Craigslist still a thing? Yeah, okay. It's just a scary place sometimes. You never know. All right. So I did this last thing. And as I would go out and speak, I would do tours around the Midwest. I'd put, a, I'd put an ad on Craigslist that said, free coffee and breakfast on me. Just tell me where you want to go and I'll meet you there. And I got some crazy responses. And some people who were asking, like, is this real? Like, I really need a breakfast. And I would just meet them on my way as I was traveling and we'd sit down and I'd share life with complete strangers. And I'd learn about them, I'd feed them. And I would say, I, I love you. Like, keep connected. And sometimes I still talk to them. I don't know. I just wanted to be a world changer. I wanted to take my love for Christ and share it with the world. And I did it in a lot of crazy, weird, simple ways. And you can too. So what you have to really, really think about as you go from this place is what's the status of that RSVP to God's invitation? If you're like me, I, I take those RSVPs that I get, you know, for weddings and it just sits there on the counter and then all the new mail stacks on it. And then if I'm like, I find it a month later, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember planning a wedding. They're just going to get really mad if I don't respond. Okay. So then you put it on your fridge and then you kind of forget about it again. You're like, I don't know if I really want to go. <laughs> uh-uh. They didn't give me anything for my wedding. Uh-uh. <laughs> now I'll just go and eat their food maybe and not give them a gift, right? You know, and, and so what's the status of that invitation from God to you, to be a world changer, to be the person wherever you're at and the, the identity, the purpose, the calling, the assignment, to take that little step of faith and say, okay, God, I'm ready to use my calling for your assignment. I'm in. Let's do this together. That whisper that comes in the ear, the inklings, the, the spirits move. And it can be local. It could be in the cubicle next to you. It could be across the street with your neighbor or in your apartment complex. It can be with your family members. It can be in Tanzania or Jamaica or Haiti. There's a lot of opportunities. But just know that God has been calling you for this adventure of a lifetime to be a world changer with exactly who he designed you to be. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, Lord in heaven, you are a beautiful designer. Lord, you literally said, let there be light and light shone around the world. Lord, you said, let there be an expanse. Let there be vegetation and fish and air. And then you said, let there be man and woman. That they would be created in my, my image. And that they would steward this earth. And Lord, we are still here today. You knew our name before we were created. We are here in this place at Revive on a Thursday night, God, and you are calling to us and you're saying, go. You're whispering in our ear and say, let's do this together. And so God, let these hearts tonight resonate with that invitation. Let their RSVP be in the mail tomorrow, back to you, ready to go for what's next. Let us lay down the assignments in our lives that we don't need anymore or maybe that we should have gotten rid of a long time ago. Give us the guts and the confidence and the peace to do that, God. And then give us the courage 
and in the little push and our tush to get going, Lord, to, to take on the new thing. We're here for you, God. We are here for you and you are in this place. We welcome you. We thank you, God, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.